to Starkville Church of God. This is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you, strengthens you, and fills you with God's love so you can share with others. Enjoy the message. What an interesting morning and just, just some things. Um, so I came talking about, have you forgotten your dream? And I had two different people uh, mention to me they were a little bit sleepy this morning. And uh, so I don't want anybody falling asleep and having any dreams uh, in, in their sleep here uh, today. So uh, I, I do want to bring you this message today. Have you forgotten your dream? Now, how many of you here have ever had a dream before? Now, just any kind of dream. I want anybody, you've ever had just any kind of dream before. It doesn't have to be a prophetic dream. It doesn't have to be any kind of necessarily just a dream before. We've all had dreams many times. Maybe there's some, how many of you here, you say you have never had a dream that you can remember? Or that you can remember? Nobody. So all of us at some point or another have had dreams. Now we do know that there are dreams, and we'll talk about a little bit uh, here as far as Joseph and Pharaoh and those in the Bible that had dreams. And again, this was nothing that I knew or or nothing that I plan. Good to have some good folks from Loosedale here. And it's funny that they should show up today because back in January of 2011, before Jamie and I went to pastor at Loosedale, um, one of the ladies there who was here this morning, and we didn't plan this out. I had no idea until I got here they were here had a dream. She had a dream that their next pastor was going to come and try out and be wearing a pink tie. And uh, obviously, I never knew anything about it. And lo and behold, what did I come wearing that morning that we tried out at Loosedale Church of God? I wore a pink tie. And, uh, you know, sometimes, how many of you still believe the Lord can use dreams? That dreams can be prophetic. Dreams can reveal some things. Now, not every dream. Thank the Lord. Some of the crazy dreams I've had, not every single dream is prophetic. Not every single dream has meaning. Some dreams are you shouldn't have ate that pizza that late at night before or uh, or something like that but some dreams are meaningful and and then today uh, as I talk to you about your dreams uh, not even necessarily that you went to sleep and you had a dream but I believe that God will show us things that he will reveal to us things. And I don't have a lot of time this morning to just completely dig in and completely describe every single part of it. But I do want to put this out here. Here's a lot of times what's going to happen. God's going to put some things in your spirit, and it's not completely going to be clear. Let's just look at this dream, for instance, that Joseph had. I mean, he's looking at a sheaf. He's looking at grain. He's looking at an agricultural thing, and and he's looking at his brother's sheaves that come and bow down. Now, we know in his life, they didn't actually have sheaves that were going to come and bow down, but yet it was prophetic of what was going to happen, and it was a picture, although not completely clear. So before any of you fall asleep on me here today, I want you to understand that God will reveal things to you, but very few times will he give you the complete 
clear picture. How many of you know what I'm talking about this morning? He's very rarely is he going to give you a complete and total picture of what it's going to look like or even when exactly it's going to happen. But I am a firm believer that God will give you dreams, that God will place things in your heart, in your spirit, that he is going to bring to pass in your life. And Joseph was a dreamer. Not only was he a dreamer, but we know he was a revealer of dreams. The Lord used him in that. And he's our example of how to keep our trust in God in the midst of difficult circumstances. How many of you here, you would say, maybe it was not a, you went to sleep and you had a picture, but you've got a dream in you that God has placed. Maybe something you believe God wants you to do. Maybe some of you younger people, maybe you've got a dream of what the Lord wants you to do. Obviously, for those of you, how many of you here, how many of you here in college right now? How many of you here, you're in college, you're doing so? Obviously, you have some sort of a dream. You have some sort of a vision. God has placed something inside of you that he wants you to do. Maybe the Lord has placed a dream that you're going to be a teacher. Maybe God has put in your heart, I know we've got some, you're going to be a veterinarian. Maybe the Lord, I don't know what the Lord has placed in your heart, but the Lord has placed something in your heart, and as you pursue those things, we find in the life of Joseph that the enemy is going to do his best to keep you from living out your God-given plan. You see, I believe that God has got plans for you. Amen. Come on, help the preacher out. Y'all know it's a rough morning. Y'all can help me out a little bit. How many of you know God's got a plan for your life? God's got a plan for every single one of us, and the enemy is going to try to destroy those plans. Circumstances in life are going to compete with your dreams and target them for destruction. That's why we've got to remember what the Scripture tells us in Romans 8.28, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to His purpose. Amidst all the distractions this morning, I need you to hear this, that God is going to work things together for your good. I don't know what you're facing here today sitting in this auditorium, but I need you to hear me today and know that God is working all things out for your good. It may not seem good right now. It may seem terrible, but as we're about to look at at the life of Joseph, God is going to work it all out, and God has got your best interest in mind. Somebody say amen. So let's look at a few things this morning. Number one, as we look at the story of Joseph, we find that everybody does not value your dream. I'm going to say that one more time because you need to hear that. Everyone doesn't value your dream. We find that Joseph had this dream, and what did Joseph do? Joseph approached his brothers with the revelation of his dream, and what happens? They despised him for it. You see, I need to warn you today that you need to be careful who you share your dreams with. Be careful who you share your dreams with because not everybody is going to value your dream. Some people, some people, not only just some, some that they just don't care. They may even say they care, but they don't care. And you know, that's all right there. But there'll be some that not only do they not care, they're going to despise you. 
Can I just tell you those that have no drive and those that have no initiative and those that aren't willing to work and those that aren't willing to do anything, uh, listen, people will like you sometimes when you're down and you don't have nothing and you don't have success, but when God begins to bless you and you begin to work hard and God begins to promote you, then all of a sudden people that used to like you don't like you anymore. Why? Because they're jealous of what God has done in your life and how you've allowed the Lord to use you. So I tell tell you today, you must be careful who you share your dreams with. Now, let's just be honest. This was probably a growing point for Joseph also because it probably was not the best idea for him to share it with them also. Come on, Joseph was a smart enough guy that we ought to know that he knew that his brothers were not really that crazy about him to start with. Joseph ought to have known that they were jealous of him, that there was favoritism there between his father and Joseph, and they knew that, and it was not the best idea. I believe that Joseph probably had an idea even before that this was not the best idea to share with them. Come on, somebody. How many of you have ever opened up your mouth and said something to somebody, and you knew as soon as it came out, I shouldn't have said it to that person? Come on, I see some hands coming up now. God gives us some sense sometimes to know that you, you don't just tell everybody everything. Everybody don't need to know your business. I don't care if we do live in a world of Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok and all of that kind of stuff. And now that's what is it? Be real. Uh, I, if I know we got all that, but everybody don't have to know all of your business. Somebody say amen. <laughs> and because of that, they said a motion they set in motion a plot to destroy and to abort his dream. You see, Satan will do his best to interrupt the covenant God has with you because Satan is a dream destroyer. Can I just tell you that Satan knows his end? You can read the book of Revelation and you can find that the end of Satan is the lake of fire. Satan knows that his destination is a eternity of torment and he knows that his time is limited and all that he has to do is to take everyone that he possibly can down with him. And he is, that's why the Bible said he's come to do what? To kill, steal, and destroy. You see, Joseph's brothers did two things to him in this story. We find that, number one, they stripped him of his coat. For those of you that may not know, Joseph, because of the favor that he had with his father, his father had made him a coat of many colors. Now, even though if you may not be completely familiar with the whole story, everybody has heard about Joseph and the coat of many colors. Somebody, even the secular world, have come on the Technicolor dream coat, all this kind of goobly gosh. You know, people take what's in the Bible and kind of turn it and twist it around and everything. But Joseph had a coat of many colors. It it represented the favor that his father had on him. Can I just tell you, I pray every single day for the favor of God on me, on my family, and on our church. I still believe, I know I've preached to y'all about this before, but I think it bears telling you again. I believe there's something important about having the favor of God on all of our lives. Every single day, I wake up in the morning, and before my girls get off to school, I make sure, Lord, 
let your favor be on their lives. I pray for Jamie. Lord, let your favor be on her life. I pray for myself. God, let your favor. Give me favor with God and favor with man. I pray for our church. I prayed for this before I ever got here as pastor. I prayed for favor for this church in this community. And Joseph with this with this coat of many colors, it represented the favor of the Father on his life. And it was the plot of the enemy to strip him of the favor of God. Can I tell you something, church? The enemy wants to take the favor of God off of your life. They robbed him of the visible sign, the favor, the one thing that set him apart from the rest of the crowd. And Satan's plan is to strip you of that distinguishing mark of your life. They stripped him of his coat, and secondly, they threw him into an empty pit. If you don't know this story completely, he told him this story later on. They caught him outside in a field. They were going to kill him. But his oldest brother, Reuben, said, let's not kill him. They threw him in a pit. They threw him in a dry, empty pit. And this signified the utter disdain that they had for him. And they left him in a desolate place without resources. In other words, he was down in a hole. He was down in a dark, deep, dry hole with nobody and nothing. I don't know about y'all, but there's been a few times in my life where I feel like I've been there before. I don't know if you have, but this preacher has. There's been a few times in my life where I feel like I've just just been down in a pit. I've been down in a hole, and there ain't even a drink of water down there. It's dark, it's dirty, it's dry, it's a desolate place. They put him there in this place, and it's amazing to me that they could just sit and eat. In fact, the Bible tells us here, they sat just a few feet away from their bro- where their brother was in the pit, and they had him there so that his earthly father never would have found him. They threw him in this hole. They threw him in this pit, and his father would have never been able to find him. Jacob could have never found him on his own, but I thank God that no matter how deep or how dark the pit was, even though Jacob may not have been able to find him. The eyes of the heavenly father were still on him at all times. It was Jonah that said in the depths of hell you saw me. You saved me. He knew that even while he was in the belly of a well at the bottom of the ocean it was not too far. It was not too dark that the eyes of God could not see him. I need you to hear me today and know I told you, I've been at that place before where I felt like I was in a deep, dark pit. But I am thank God that the eyes of the Heavenly Father were upon me. My earthly father loves me. My earthly father, I believe, would do anything that I would need him to do. But there are times that he doesn't know everything that's been going on in my life. He doesn't know everywhere that I'm at, every problem that I have. But I have a Heavenly Father that there's never been a problem I've had, that there's never never been a difficulty that I've been in. There's never been a deep, dark hole that I've been in where the eyes of Almighty God could not see me where I was. Secondly, apparent setbacks develop your dream. You see, Joseph was taken from the pit, sold to a band of traders traveling along the way toward Egypt. 
His brothers were sitting there. They'd thrown him in this hole. And all of a sudden, they see this caravan coming. And his brothers are like, you know, what good is going to do us? I mean, they had, I guess, a little bit of conscience. They're like, why shed our own brother's blood? What are we going to gain from that? Let's sell him as a slave instead. And so they pulled him up out of that pit only to sell him to a band of traitors and take him into Egypt. You see, what appeared to be further distress was actually God's way of getting Joseph out of the pit. Now, now let's just look at this for a second at the moment. At the moment, Joseph was down in the pit, and he couldn't get out of the pit. And it was possible they might would have just left him there in the pit to die. But then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he can't tell what's going on down in the hole. But out of nowhere, he gets pulled up out of the pit. Now, he's about to be sold. Listen, in the immediate, he's about to be sold as a slave to Egypt. But listen, I know in the immediate, well, that sounds horrible. But it was on the road to getting him out of where he was and getting him to the place that ultimately God wanted him to be. Listen to me this morning. I need to hear I need you to hear me. We get these big grandiose dreams of what God is going to do in us and what we want to see God do and those are great and he will. I just need to remind you before you ever make it to the palace, sometimes you're going to have to be down in the pits. Before you ever make it to the place where dreams are fulfilled and the blessings are flowing and the favor is great, sometimes God's going to allow you to be thrown down in the pit. And then sometimes, oh, God help me, then sometimes when you feel like, oh, God, is, I'm getting pulled up out of the pit. Now is the time for my breakthrough. Then you get sold as a slave. Come on, somebody. You think you think just you just think. Hey, this is this is my turnaround. We're, we're good at all that, aren't we? Oh, this is my, oh, this is my turnaround season. All oh, things are about to get. And then it just like oh, this I just I just went from one bad to the next bad. Now listen. In a sense, it was one bad to the next bad. But remember, our our vision is only so far. And to us in the natural, and to Joseph in the natural, the pit into the slavery seemed like it was horrible, but in reality, it was truly getting him closer. It was truly getting him closer to the dream, to the destiny, to the fulfillment of what God was going to do in his life. So listen to this preacher this morning. I need you to know that God is going to let you walk. He's going to let you go through some pits. He's going to let you go through some stuff. But God is even going to let you use some, some of that bad stuff to get you closer to where he wants you to be. You see, God will get you out of the pit even if he has to use the devil to lower the ladder for you to climb out on. Thirdly, difficult challenges will prepare you for his ultimate will. Now, I'm big on this. I think after a year and a half, you've heard me preach. I've got some folks that listened to me for eight years, and they've heard me say this a lot of times here today. But I have learned over and over and over. We live in a world, especially a church world, where we want everything right now. We want the favor now. We want the promotion now. We want the position now. We want everything right now. But I'm going to tell you, God is a process God. 
I always like to say it like this. We live in a microwave world, but we're serving a crockpot God. We want it right now. We want to throw it in and push the button and zap it up. But God don't, he very rarely works like that. I'm going to tell you, over my almost 43 years of living, what I have learned is God rarely throws it. He will sometimes. He'll throw it in the microwave sometimes, but 99% of the time, God gets it all ready, and he puts it in the crock pot, and he usually puts it on low. Some, At least in my life, I can't speak for nobody else. Usually God, he'll put it in the crock pot, and then he turns it on low. But can I do Oh, somebody, I, I want to tell you, they're just some I got to thinking about a roast right then. I got to thinking about how much better. Listen, I'll eat a hot pocket every once in a while. I'll throw a hot pocket in the microwave and eat it if I got to. But oh, how much better it is. Even though I got to wait for a little while, how much sweeter it is. How much better it is when a good old roast and potatoes and carrot have been simmering on low in a crock pot and you get to eat. I'm telling you, God is a crock pot God, but what he's going to get to you is going to be far better than what you think you need or what could come in the immediate. We find Joseph was sold. These difficult challenges prepare you for his ultimate will. Joseph was sold to Potiphar, and we find that he was made the overseer of Potiphar's house. He was pulled out of a pit. He was sold as a slave. What looked like it was going to be, God, how in the world can you use this? I don't know about y'all, but I've had a few of those. Lord, how in the world are you going to use this situation? What is this all about? But we find ultimately that he was eventually made the overseer of Potiphar's house. He was sold to a very powerful man in Egypt named Potiphar. And Potiphar made him in charge of everything in his house. And it was during that time that Joseph learned the art of administration a keen mind for business that would come into play later that he was developing in that time. See, we want to think about Joseph. You know, we want to think about him as, as being in charge. We want to think about him as being second in command under Pharaoh. But can I tell you, he had to go through the pit first, and then he had to go to Potiphar's house. He had to learn some stuff. Once again, we serve a crockpot God. And I'm telling you, I've seen people, I've seen people sometimes get into positions that they weren't quite ready for. And so God made him the overseer of Potiphar's house. He began to learn things there. But not only was his administration skills honed, but his integrity was developed also. Now let's just be real here. Potiphar, he was a very powerful man in Egypt. He was a military man. He was a wealthy man. And let's just, let's just be honest. He probably didn't marry no ugly woman. A man of that prestige and that power he didn't go out there somewhere and find the ugliest woman that he could find. No. I'm sure that Mrs. Potiphar was a beautiful, beautiful woman. And Potiphar had told Joseph that he, had, he could have whatever he wanted in his household except for his wife. He could eat what he wanted. He could drink what he wanted. He could Anything was his for the taking except for his wife. But Mrs. Potiphar had a different idea. She saw this young man, Joseph. He was a very intelligent young man. He was probably a good-looking young man himself. And Mrs. Potiphar developed liking for Joseph, and she began to try to seduce him over and over and over again. She would try to seduce him. Until finally one day, while her hand was on his shoulder, 
I believe, honestly, I believe, let's just be real. Let's just, I, I know it's Sunday morning, but can I be real with you? I believe he was probably pretty close to a breaking point as her hand was on his shoulder. And she began to one more time, Joseph, go to bed with me. Joseph, go to bed with me. And the Bible says that in this point, he knew he had to get out of there. Can I just tell you, there comes a time. Listen, there, obviously this had happened, the Bible says, time after time. And there have been times he's like, no, no, that's, that's thank you, ma'am. I'm flattered. You know, that's great, but that's not me. But I believe this finally came to a breaking point, and he, was, he knew. He knew that his flesh, I mean, the Bible says the Spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. And finally, in this one moment, I believe that Joseph was probably almost at his breaking point where he had to make a decision. And as she had her hand on him, not only could he just not say no, the Bible said that he came out of his robe and he ran out of the room. Sometimes you better run. Sometimes you got to run. Sometimes you better not hang around it. Sometimes you better get on up out there. Because if you stick around much longer, you're going to partake, you're going to dabble, you're going to do something that you ought not do. You say, I thought you was preaching about here you are. You done went and preached on drinking last week. Now here you are preaching again. Because I'm telling you, if you ever want to see the dreams of the Lord fulfilled in your life, you can expect the enemy to try to destroy it. And he's going to come into you every which way, including temptation. And if you'll yield to that temptation, then you'll find that it will not be given to you. His dream was at stake. And he decided that it was better to lose a good coat than good character. And we find our first, fourth point that integrity is sometimes punished before it's rewarded. Mrs. Potiphar, I think at this point, she'd done been turned down enough. I have a feeling, again, this is, this is my speculation. This, is, this part is not Bible, but knowing people and knowing how people operate and knowing people and the kind of person she was in the position, I've got a feeling that Mrs. Potiphar probably had not been told no a whole lot in her life. And so here is this young little Hebrew boy this young little slave that her husband had bought, and she had propositioned him time and time again, and he said, no, 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 no. And probably, and probably when he ran out of there that time, that hurt her pride. Come on, we all got a little bit of pride. Let's just be honest. It probably hurt her pride. This good-looking woman was not used to be told no, and here this young little Hebrew slave was, and he done told her no and ran out the room. And at that point, with his coat in her hand, she began to make accusation. When Potiphar came home, a different story was told than reality. The story that was told was, this slave boy that you bought tried to rape me. This slave boy that you bought that had, you've done so much for and given him so much, he tried to take the one thing that you wouldn't let him have, me. And we find that immediately Joseph was thrown into prison. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 45, Jesus said this. He said, it rains on the just and the unjust. You know, I wish I could tell you, I wish I could stand up here and tell you today that, hey, you know what? Everything's always going to, you know, be hunky-dory and it's always going to work out all right in the way that you always think it ought to. I'm sorry, I can't do it. It rains on the just and it rains on the unjust. There's the age-old question, and Lord knows I sure don't have time to get in this, but we ask that question, why do bad things happen to good people? I don't have time to answer that right now, but I will tell you sometimes they do. 
Sometimes bad things do happen to good people. And Joseph was trying to protect his integrity, and he did protect it. But integrity, as I told you in this point, integrity is sometimes punished before it's actually rewarded. The psalmist David had some hard questions to ask God concerning the prosperity of the wicked and the difficulties of the righteous. He said in Psalms 2 and 1, he said, Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? God, how can this happen? But in Genesis 39 and 24, it says, But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, and he gave him, here's that word again, favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. You see, Joseph had to go to prison, but even in prison, God gave him favor. Now, now I'm hoping that nobody here has to go to prison falsely accused. But you may be in some prison-type situations. You may be stuck in a job that you really don't want to be in, but you got to make a living. You may be stuck into some situations where you really don't want to be, but it's where you know you've just got to be there. But I want to let you know, I go, you know, we like to shout about favor when it's all the, the good stuff and everything. But I'm going to tell you, God gave Joseph favor in prison. God can give you favor in your prison experience. God can give you favor even when you're in the place where you really don't want to be at that moment. Prison experiences tend to develop a new sensitivity to the things of the Spirit. This was not a time for Joseph to develop his flesh, but it was a time for his spirit man to become strong. And in fact, we find that in the spirituality part, he was becoming stronger because we found that he continued through the help of God to reveal dreams. He ran into two different people in prison who had dreams whom he gave correct interpretations for. For one, the ending wasn't good. For one, the ending was restoration. But even the one that was restored that said, oh, I promise you, I'll remember you. Oh, God, that's a whole nother sermon right there, isn't it? Oh, I'll remember you when I get back to the top. Joe, thank you so much, Joseph, for interpreting this dream. I'm going to remember you as soon as I'm back there with Pharaoh. What happened? He forgot him. Until, lastly, your dream is as close as the next sequence of events. One bad dream and the mind of an Egyptian pharaoh started unlocking Joseph's prison door because Joseph had a gift that Pharaoh needed. Pharaoh began to have these dreams of seven fat cows and seven malnourished cows. And we find that the seven malnourished cows begin to eat the seven fat cows. None of the magicians in Pharaoh's palace could give an interpretation until finally that old boy, that the cupbearer that Joseph had helped, that he said, oh, I'll remember you. Suddenly, all of a sudden, he did eventually remember him. Can I give you this? Because I'm, I'm kind of on this line of thought, this train of thought right here. This is one thing my daddy always tells me, never, never burn any bridges. Help somebody. 
And you know what Joseph, I know in the flesh what Joseph would have really liked. He would have liked to, as soon as that cupbearer got right back there with Pharaoh, to say, hey, Pharaoh, good to see you back. I'm glad to be back. Glad you forgave me. Glad everything's good. Hey, let me tell you about this guy named Joseph. He inter- I had this dream. He interpreted it, but that did not happen. But eventually, when Pharaoh has this dream, then the, then the cupbearer is like, you know what? Then he decided to open his mouth. Listen, God, and and I think you've heard me enough now, I've come to the place where I understand that, yes, God can divinely do stuff from heaven, and he will at times, but I've come to find out that our God is a God that tends to work through people. Anybody that's ever wanted a job, it wasn't heaven didn't just fax you a letter and it fall out of the sky. No, there's usually some sort of supervisor, somebody that's got to interview you and somebody that's got to show you favor and get the job. Now, sometimes we get stuff that we don't even, we're not qualified for because God intervenes and he works through it. But how many of you know God works through people a whole lot of times? And so we find that God worked through this cupbearer. Pharaoh had this dream, and Joseph had a gift that Pharaoh needed. Proverbs 18 and 16, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. Let me tell you this, especially you young people that are here. Never forget that somebody at some time and some place is going to need your gift. I know how it is to feel forgotten. I know how it is to feel like you're never going to see God reveal anything in your life. Listen, even going all the way back to times that I was at Lee, you know, I I wasn't preaching. I preached less there than I I was doing the revivals and everything else in high school and stuff when I was here in Mississippi and I go to Lee and I'm just, you know, taking classes and all this kind of stuff. And I just, at times, just felt forgotten there was moments. But I just felt forgotten. But let me just remind you that there will come a time, somebody at some time and some place is going to need your gift. And God is going to open up that door. Your gift, Proverbs 18, 16, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. Now, remember what I said, Joseph made sure. Joseph made sure that he was honing those gifts, that he was, he, was, he was strengthening those gifts. He was learning administration. He was developing in his integrity. He was doing all of these kind of things. Don't you slack off. Mm, no amen there. That's all right. Don't you slack off. Because God at any moment can open the right door. It's amazing that Joseph goes from prisoner to prime minister in one afternoon. In one afternoon. Can I just remind you, God can turn your situation around just like that. In one afternoon, he goes from a prisoner to the prime minister. Now, what would have happened had Joseph not continued to develop that spiritual gift while in prison. And he got up there in front of Pharaoh, and he was like, oh, well, you know, I was praying a lot. I was seeking the Lord a lot then. And when I interpreted the dream for the, for the baker and the cupbearer, and, you know, I just really haven't, hadn't been praying a lot. 
Whatever it is that you do, you may not be a, a dream interpreter, but whatever it is that you're studying to do, whatever it is that you're working toward, maybe you're not even in college, but maybe you're looking, you're looking for God to promote you in something, and, and, and don't you start slacking off because your gift will make room for you, but when that gift makes room for you, you need to be ready that you have been keeping yourself ready, poised and primed, sharpened and ready. His skills were sharpened. His integrity was solid. And when the moment came, because he was ready, and one afternoon, he went from the prison to the palace. Listen to your pastor today. God can turn it around quickly. Don't let feelings of insignificance, don't let feelings of discouragement, don't let the fact that you've been in the pit, <laughs> that then you become a slave, but things look okay there, and then you get thrown into the prison because God can turn your situation around in a moment. Thanks for listening to our podcast. To find out more about us, follow us on social media at StarkvilleCOG. Special thanks to those who generously support this ministry. If you would like to give, visit us at StarkvilleCOG.com forward slash give. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.